The following presentation is brought to you by South Shore Baptist Church of Metairie, Louisiana, led by Pastor Jamie Jackson. Kind of give you a little bit of a, I guess you could call it Christmas slash New Year's message. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 2, Matthew chapter 2, and uh, read one verse in verse number 11, Matthew chapter 2, and uh, verse number 11. I know we've looked several times at the Christmas story, and uh, we'll take this verse and let's look at the wise men as they brought him uh, gifts and some things that we could bring to the Lord uh, even this year. Matthew chapter 2, verse number 11, And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, fell down and worshipped him, and when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And so... I want to look at just a couple of thoughts uh, uh, this morning uh, on uh, the Christmas story here and really kind of apply that and use that uh, for the new year. And so uh, we'll do that this morning. Let's have a word of prayer. I want Brother Larkin to come and pray for us and then we'll have some special music. And there is an outline there on the back of your bulletin if you want to follow along with us and take uh, a few notes this morning as we look at this thought. Uh, about going into the new year and how that we can uh, give to the Lord and uh, serve the Lord. And uh, as we look at these wise men, they brought him, uh, the Bible says they brought him some gifts, all right? They brought him some things and and uh, just a little bit uh, of, uh, I don't call it trivia, but we do realize that Jesus was not a babe in a manger when the wise men came, right? I know, I know what the nativity says down there, right? They got him in a, the wise men there, but he was about probably about two years old when they came to him uh, and found him there, and they presented unto him gifts. And and uh, also want to say this: we can think about this. We know that they had to make a uh, a trip into Egypt to flee, all right, from Herod trying to kill uh, the young child, and we know that. And and God always provides, Amen. right? <clears throat> See, God told him, said, look, look, Joseph, you better take him and you better run, okay? Now, number one, this is the whole wicked preacher home message. Just, number one, Joseph obeyed, right? And when we obey God, it saves our lives. When we obey the Word of God, it saves our lives. Hey, there's been a lot of times in my life where I, I found myself in a mess. I, I know y'all have never done that before. And you're like... How in the world did I get here? <laughs> and I'm going to tell you, I couldn't go, they did it, they did it, they did this to me. A lot of people want to play the, what is the victim, you know? Oh, they did that to me. You know how I wound up in the mess? I didn't follow this. Right. And I had to go, I had to use this as a mirror. Yeah. I had to look at it and it looked back at me and it pointed fingers right at me. Yeah. When I didn't obey God, I wound up in a mess. And so Joseph just simply obeyed God, all right? Now, think about, it. I mean, we see, we kind of read over the story and go, well, God said go, and he just went. Well, I understand that, but how about this? What if he said, well, I don't have any money to go. I mean, that's a long trip. Come on, Lord. That's a long trip. How are we going to eat? Where are we going to stay? All these things probably came through his mind. Just like it with ours. God says, hey, I want you to do this. You know, I want you to do this. I want you to go here, do that. 
Whatever. I remember, I remember getting a burden to plant churches and start churches in America. I was pastoring up in Kansas, and, and it was comfortable, and we had a good place to live, and, and the kids had a good youth group, and, 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 and a church and everything, and, and this little thing called salary. Yeah, you get a paycheck. That's a good thing, isn't it? Yeah. Preachers like paychecks too, man. I'm, I'm all right. I like to eat, you know. <laughs> and all that was covered. God said, I want you to go. Okay, Lord, but, you know, there's none of that down there. Yeah. <laughs> there's none of And you always want me to go. Yeah. And yeah. so we just went. Now, we run through the savings pretty quick. But you know what? The Lord always provided. Yeah. We never starved to death. Amen. I mean, it was just, it was like, it was good. Yeah. It was good for me to have to experience that. So was you a little nervous? I was nervous. Mm -hmm. The Lord, yeah, I was supposed to provide for my family. All these things. But God just brought all of this together. It was just amazing to me to watch all that happen. Never missed a meal. Never missed a place to sleep. Here's what I'm saying. When God says go or God says do this or whatever it might be, you just obey the Lord. He will always provide. Amen. He will always provide. Now, you and I, you and I are thankful today that a man named Joseph, way back when, said, yes, Lord, I'll just go where you want me to go. Because he saved that the Christ child. Right? And we reap the benefits. Now think if you obey somebody, if you obey the Lord, hey, there's going to be people around you that benefit from that mm -hmm. just by you obeying the Lord. Oh, yeah. Hey, I want to encourage you, you just obey Him. You just obey Him. Here's Joseph. He just obeyed. Alright? Uh, he listened to the Lord. And God blessed him and God provided the way. God do the same thing for us. He'll do the same thing for us. And so as we look at, uh, at this uh, uh, here, as they, they brought him uh, gifts, they saw the young child, uh, just by way of introduction, if you have the back of your bulletin there, I just want to say a few things about Christmas. Uh, I wrote some things down there. Christmas is about, and the first one I got is money. Y'all know that's true. Christmas is about money because you took money to buy gifts, right? All right, that's what it's about. The Bible says this, 1 Timothy 6.10, For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. And it's not money that's bad, it's the love of it. Amen. Some kids say, if, 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 money is the, uh, if uh, the love of money is the root of all evil, how come the church is always asking for it? I like that. <laughs> uh, it's not money, it's the love of money. Well, we understand, all right, that, that uh, Christmas for the Christian is about generosity. I, I love, I said I love gifts. I like, I love to give too. I like that, all right? I, I enjoy that. I like to, I like watching Juliana. She's in this, she'll just, she'll grab something and say, this is for you. And she, and she got into, you know, she, she got into playing Santa Claus too. Because <laughs> she'd go to the Christmas tree and just grab any old gift and say, this is for you. I was like, I, I think this is for Marmy. This isn't for me, you know? She just liked it. This is for you. That's what Christians, that's the way it ought to be. This is for you. We have, this, that's a, Acts chapter 2. Some have tried to take Acts chapter 2 and say, see there, that's socialism. That's not socialism. That's not what that's about. Those believers had lost their job because they became a Christian. Some of them couldn't go back to where they lived because of persecution. You know what the church did? The church came together and helped each other. Yeah. That's what we're supposed to do. Yeah, that's right. That, by the way, can I say this? Did you know it's not the government's job to take care of people? 
That's never, read the scripture. It's never given to the government. It's the church's job. Because the church has more uh, an eye on it, if we could say that. In other words, we don't help lazy people, do we? I don't mind, I don't mind helping at all. This ain't in the message. I don't know where this is coming from. But anyway, it must be the Holy Spirit, right? We want to help each other, right? we got a guy that's trying to do and trying to work. We're going to help him. We're going to help that family. I mean, that's what we ought to do. That's the right thing to do, right? Now, I did have a woman come to me one time. She wanted me to pay her cable bill. I said, no, thank you. <laughs> now, I can help you with water or electricity or whatever, but I, at the time, I didn't even have cable, all right? You know, you don't need, you can do without that, right? But I'm saying, we, we, as a church, we help each other out, amen? That's what we're here for. And I, and I would just say, listen, that's important uh, as, as, as we ought to be a people of, of generosity. Now, for, Chris, for the world, Christmas was all about greed, all right? It was, that's what it was about. Just about greed, getting more stuff, things like that. And, uh, and so that was about greed. Let's not fall into that trap, all right? Let's be careful about that. Let's be careful about greed and wanting more. But Christmas is about money. Uh, it, it's about a miracle, though. First Timothy 3.16, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up in the glory. Uh, verse 23 of chapter 1 of Matthew, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, shall bring forth a son, shall, they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is being interpreted is God with us. Christmas is about a miracle. Right. A miracle of the virgin birth. Yes. So I don't believe that. Well, if you don't believe that, we're all going to hell. Because yeah. it had to be a virgin birth. Yeah. You see, the first Adam had tainted blood. Yeah. The second Adam, Jesus, must have a pure blood. Yeah. Or that sacrifice on the cross was nothing. We call that the fundamentals of the faith. Mm. That virgin birth. Uh, if you don't believe the virgin birth, you're going to die and go to hell. It's got to be a virgin birth. There's no other way. And so Christmas is about a miracle. So I, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. Well, one day you'll see. I'm sorry to tell you that. I'm sorry to tell you that. Uh, it's about a miracle. You know, sometimes, sometimes there's things in the Word of God where he said, above all, take the shield of faith. A lot of things I don't understand. You know, them verse, they say verse-by-verse verse commentary. I'm like, oh, good. I'm, I've been wondering about this verse. They skipped the same verse I've been having trouble with. <laughs> Don't ever believe that verse-by-verse verse commentary. They skip over the same ones you're having trouble with. You know, I'm glad the Holy Spirit can be my commentary. Yeah. I just get on my knees and say, Lord, I, I need some help with this one now. I don't understand. It's a, Christmas is about a miracle. Uh, that, that birth of Christ was a very physical miracle. It was a prophetic miracle. But Christmas is about a man, Christ. Uh, uh, he says when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, fell down and worshipped him. Uh, he was the Christ child. He was the Christ child. <clears throat> Christmas is about mercy and grace. Amen. Titus 2.11 For the grace of God that bringeth salvation, I like this, hath appeared to all men. Amen. And Jesus, Jesus was that grace. <laughs> He's the one that appeared. Uh, the grace of God that bringeth salvation. Well, I've been just thinking about the grace of God and studying that out even for the new year here. Man, you think about the grace of God. Unmerited favor. The granting of mercy mercy. You know, when, when someone says, 
uh, I, I, I beg for mercy. You know what they're saying? They're saying I'm guilty. That's right. I'm guilty. Please don't give me what I really deserve. That's, right. That's what they're saying. And then when we come before the Lord for salvation, we're saying, Lord, I'm guilty. Please don't give me the hell I deserve. I'm guilty. There's a lot of people, oh, you don't believe in mercy. I believe in mercy. But before mercy can be given, there must be an, an admittance to my guilt. Mercy's never given until I say, I'm guilty. Oh, Lord, I didn't mean it, and this, and you know... You know that woman you gave me, and you know them church people, and you know this, and you know that. finally mercy. No, no, no. You need to come and say, Lord, it's nobody but me. That's right. I'm sorry. I'm guilty. Then he gives mercy. Amen. Then he gives mercy. The granting of mercy. Uh, I think about I think about this, the giving of a mansion. One day, as Christians, we're gonna get to heaven. The Bible says, in my father's house there are many mansions. I mean, we read the book of Revelation, we, we see heaven described the 12 foundations. Is that 12 stories? I think it is, but I'm going to see when I get there and I'll let you know, all right? <laughs> uh, the walls of jasper and the street of gold, the gates of pearl. Hold up now. The gates of pearl. That's a big mansion. That's a big gate or a big pearl, we could say, huh? <laughs> what kind of worship produced that thing? <laughs> like a stake. <laughs> hey, hey, the giving of a mansion. I believe we're going we're gonna to walk around heaven like, I, I didn't deserve this. Amen. This is not the street I lived on down on planet Earth. Yeah. Boy, what grace. Christmas is about is a means of giving the gospel. He says, what then? Philippians chapter 1, notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preaching. I dare and do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. He said, you know what? Uh, we can back up and read the chapter. There were some that were kind of doing some bad things against Paul. And he said, you know what? I don't even care. At least the gospel is getting preached. Amen. Can I tell you, Christmas is a good time to preach the gospel. Amen. Hey, you know when most people that call themselves Christians go to church? Christmas, Easter, right? As <laughs> long as you go for Christmas and Easter, you'll be okay. All right? Hey, you know what? I don't like that either, but the fact is that's what they do, so when they hear, let's give them the gospel. Good time to give them the gospel. All right? It's, it's a way to preach the gospel. It's an opportunity to preach the gospel. But uh, now, once again, uh, let's look at the wise men here. And as, as they came to him, uh, they, they did some things. They, they sought Christ, number one. They were seeking Christ. All right? Hey, I'm thankful for salvation. All right? But don't just get saved and go, well, I, I'm good. Got my fire insurance policy. I'm not going to hell. I'm okay. No, no, you know what? I still want to seek Christ. Yes. Amen. I want to get in his book. Paul said it like this, that I may know him. That's right. yeah. I want to know him. Right. It's not just that, yeah, I'm saved. He saved my soul. But I want to have a relationship with Christ. Amen. I, want to, I want to dig in and get to know him. Man, I want to know about him. You know, some people, some people get into, uh, a few years back, uh, Larkin was doing our ancestry, you know. Sometimes it gets a little scary what you find out. <laughs> My mom's side of the family, there were five brothers that were uh, in the British Navy. They came to America, guess what they did? 
they jumped ship. They were deserters. <laughs> Great heritage, amen? All right. Yeah. Uh, you know, some people dig into that. They spend money on that. They want to get to know where they come from. Nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying, you know what? I want to know. I want to know my Savior. I want to dig into that. I want to get to know about that. They, they, they sought after Him. The Bible says they, they worshipped Him. They worshipped Him. You know, I know we call this the worship hour. I get that. But you realize what we're doing is we're praising Him. And by praising Him, we're worshipping Him. But let me say this. You can worship every minute of your life. As you live your life and you give your life to Him, you're worshiping Him with your life. That's what we ought to be doing. Always worshiping Him. That'll keep you living holy right there. Now, can I do this and worship Christ? You ever thought about that? Now, can I say this and worship Christ? How about this? Can I post this and worship Christ? You know how many times I'm like, nah, I don't do that. <laughs> uh, can, I, can I do this and worship Him? They worshiped Him. All right? But then the Bible says they brought Him gifts. They gave Him gifts. They brought Him gold. That was saying He's a king. He was king. They brought him frankincense. That was a, a, a like a perfume, a cologne that talked about his life. That talked about his life. They brought him uh, that 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 myrrh there. That that myrrh was something that was bitter. It was also come from the trees, and it was something that was used that talked about his death. He was a king that would live a life that one day die for you and I. They gave him valuable gifts. Song of Solomon chapter 3, Who is this that cometh out of the wilderness like pillars of smoke, perfumed with myrrh and frankincense with all powders of the merchant? And so uh, he speaks of Christ. And as we think about them giving him gifts, I want us to think about that now. Now let, let me say this to, to you. You can't buy salvation. I know we hear some people, sometimes preachers say this now, you come and give your life to Christ. We use that terminology. But you're not, you're not giving him anything for salvation. He gave it all for you. That's right. Right? He's the one who did the giving. So salvation is free. It is totally free, but it cost him everything, wouldn't she? It cost him his life. And so I want to say, first of all, as before we talk about giving, first of all, number one, you need to accept what he gave. He gave his life. I'm thankful in your mind, too, you go back to a time in your life where you trusted Christ as your personal Savior. You remember that you were a sinner and you needed a Savior. And I'm thankful uh, for that. Hey, listen, there needs to be a time in your life when you realize I am a sinner. For all of sin comes short of the glory of God. Amen. There's none righteous, no, not one, the Bible says. The wages of sin is death. All right? That death is physical and spiritual. Death and hell were delivered in the lake of fire. This is the second death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I'm so thankful that gift that he gave to you and I. Amen. You must accept the gift. You know, by the way, I, I got I got some gifts there, you know, yesterday. I don't have to go back to the people that gave them to me and say, oh, by the way, I accept that gift again. Yeah. I don't have to do that. Right. <laughs> I don't have to say, oh, tomorrow, listen, uh, thank, thank you for the gift. I'll take it again. No, I unwrapped it. It's mine. I didn't, I didn't store it away. I didn't put it away. I put it in its right place. All right? They're not coming back to get it. Because they're my family. I'll make sure they don't come back to get it. They'll probably use it. I'm sure they will. 
I got three boys. Dad, I'll borrow that. That's what happens, right? But Jesus isn't coming back to take it back from you. Once you're saved, my friend, you're saved. Jesus doesn't take gifts back. Amen? I'm thankful for that. And I don't have to say, Lord, I, I, need, I, need, I need that salvation again. Oh, you got it. It's yours. David said, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Now, you can lose your joy of the salvation, all right? But you'll never lose your salvation. I'm thankful. Hey, once I get that free gift, it's mine. Now, praise the Lord for that. Hey, the question is, have you accepted the gift of salvation? Jesus said you must be born again. Go back to the timeline of your life and make sure you've had a second birth, a one-time event. What is it that we can give Him, though? What are some things that we can give Him? Number one, I've got written there, surrender uh, and commit our lives to Him. Surrender and commit our lives to Him. Man, He's done so much for us. Yeah, somebody, you know, you get a gift from somebody gives you a gift. There's a sense, you know, this, I'm going to use Mandy, she's probably watching me in the nursery, but anyway, she, we're giving out Christmas cards, you know, she's writing Christmas cards. And somebody that she forgot about would send a Christmas card. You know what she'd do? Oh, I, I got to send them one. Why? Why, why did she think, oh, wait, i got to send them one? Because they sent her one. And it jogged her memory. And she felt a sense of obligation to send that Christmas card to them. You're thinking, I wonder if I got one like that. Did I give her one first? That's what you're thinking, right? Hey, you know what? If you stop and think about what Christ did for you and I, You'll, it'll jog your memory a little bit. Good preaching. You'll say, man, I tell you what, I, he, he saved me. Lord. Praise the Lord, I'm saved from hell. Yes, sir. But then he put me in a good church with people that love me. He, he gave me an opportunity to pray and ask him for things. There's so much he's done. And you'll start thinking, you say, now what can I do for him? Amen. Just jog your memory a little bit. Well, I want to commit my life to Him. And by the way, you know, some people that you buy gifts for, it's like, they got, what do they need? They got everything. I mean, what does Jesus need? He's got everything. You know what He desires? He desires your life. Commit your life to Him. Commit your life to Him. For the which cause I also suffer these things, nevertheless, I'm not ashamed, for I know that I have believed and am persuaded that He's able to keep that which I've committed unto Him against that. Just commit our lives to Him. We commit our lives in, in salvation, but we commit our lives in service to Him. I'm so serve the Lord. What can I do? I remember a fellow in our church some years ago that got saved, and uh, man, he he just uh, I was a youth pastor. The pastor went over to their house on a Tuesday night, sat down at, at their uh, dinner table with them, opened up the scriptures, and both of them, the husband and wife, got saved. Man, you talking about on fire for the Lord? He understood what he come from. He understood where he was. He understood even at a young person in his, in his 20s where he was headed and what was going to happen but for the grace of God that came into his life. You know, when the doors are open, he's like, I'm here. He would look around and find stuff. Pastor, can I do this? Can I do that? Can we go here? Can we? He just wanted to do something for the Lord. He wanted to serve God. You stop and think about what God's done for you. You'll say, hey, what can I do for him? 
My life is his. We talked about uh, uh, the youth conference and we talked about uh, last Sunday. Hey, uh, that, that blank check of your life, just sign the bottom of it and say, Lord, here, here it is. I'm all yours. I'm all yours. I commit to you. Hey, once you make a once you make a, a a commitment to the Lord for 2022, I'm just going to sell out and do something great for Him. I'm going to invest my energy and my time in serving the Lord. Hey, when you stand before God one day, it won't be the car, it won't be the house, it won't be the clothes, Come on, it won't be the bank account. It's only are you saved and what have you done for Christ? If you're saved, you're going to stand before Him and give an account for what you've done in your life. I said the other Sunday, I said, my job as a pastor is to get you ready to stand there and stand before Him. I can't live your life for you. I can just be a cheerleader. That's what I'm trying to do. Hey, make up your mind in 2022. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to do everything I'm supposed to do. I'm going to serve Him. Very quickly, we see... Uh, surrender and commit our lives to Him. Number two, uh, our words. Titus chapter 2 and verse 8, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say of you. Ephesians 4.29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Uh, we can give Him our speech, our words, all right? Uh, first of all, I want to talk to Him. I need to spend some time in prayer. If, if I'm going to commit, it's one thing to say, I'm going to, I'm going to commit, I'm going to serve Him, but it's going to get hard. I'm going, to need to, I'm going to need to talk to Him. I'm going to need to spend some time in prayer. You know what? I'm going to talk to Him. I'm going to talk about Him. You know, we have different things that we like. Right? I like college football. I can talk about it. I know stuff about it. I like to talk about it because I like it. All right? Some, I don't even know. We got people that hunt here. Brother Lance, occasionally do some hunting, yeah. Fishing. What do people like about that? You ladies just talk about shopping deals, you know? That doesn't excite me. I couldn't tell you about that. Man, said, now when you go, use the coupon, get on your phone. I'm just like, bye. <laughs> you could have said, I know, but you weren't there, so I had to buy it, all right? <laughs> you go with me next time, you know? I can't figure all this stuff out. But we, we talk about the stuff we like. How much do you like Jesus? We talk about Him. We talk about Him. Amen? When we, we talk about the stuff we like, I'm going to talk for Him. I'm going to talk for Him. Uh, to the saved, I want to edify. To the lost, I want to evangelize. To everybody, I want to exalt Him. But I want to talk for Him. Uh, our, our words right, are, are important. Our, uh, number three, very quickly here. We give Him our reputation, our testimony. Our reputation, our testimony. Give out to Him. 1 Thessalonians 5.22 Abstain from all appearance of evil, the Bible says. Yeah, yeah. Proverbs 20, verse 11 Even a child is known by his doings, whether his work be pure, whether it be right. Even a child is known by his doings. You know? You've heard me preach enough, you probably know what's coming next, right? <laughs> my kids, right? Oh, Dad, I heard that one before. Yeah. You heard that joke before? You hear it again, probably. <laughs> uh, listen, our testimony is important. I know the world calls that a reputation, but they know us. They, they know uh, what, what you're going to say, what you're going to do, how you're going to act. 
I've had people in church, not here, really other churches. I'm thinking about a situation I had. I had, I had somebody like people just walked on eggshells around this person. You know what I'm talking about? You know what that means? Is that y'all understand that? Yeah, very lightly. <laughs> Didn't say much. You know why? They could blow their top, man. Yeah. Didn't matter where they was at. They get upset quick, you know. They didn't tell me that when I first went to that church, and I didn't walk on eggshells and found that out. <laughs> but everybody, oh yeah, preacher, we should have told you that. The person had a reputation. You have a reputation. I have a testimony. You have a testimony. Amen. The world is watching. As a, as a pastor in my family, I would tell my family all the time, we live in a fishbowl. So what does that mean? That means we like to fish swimming around. Everybody's watching. So it's important what we do, what we say, how we act. Can I say you're no different? You're a Christian. You live in a fishbowl. The world is watching you. How will you respond? I can't help how they act. All I can help is how I react. My reputation. I didn't say you're supposed to be a doormat. I didn't say that. But I did say I need to have the right attitude. By the way, you can get angry. The Bible says be angry and sin not. Now, there's a lot of times I don't do that. Okay, I'm like, I'm all angry and I'm about to sin. You hear me? <laughs> There's a righteous indignation. It, like when Jesus went into the temple, you remember that? Yeah. It says that he made himself, read it, he, he took some cords and made a whip. Mm -hmm. You know? He, he, he drove them out of the temple with a whip. We're talking about Jesus. He flipped the tables over. And all that he did sin. Now, I don't know if I could do that and not sin like hating and all that. I don't know where I'm at with that, all right? That's a tough one. But you can't have a righteous indignation, all right? It ought to make you angry when someone misrepresents the Lord. It ought to make you angry when some little child is molested. It ought to make you angry when Supreme Court perverts what God calls marriage. It ought to make you, that, that's fine to be angry. That's a good thing. Sin ought to make, I ought to be angry at myself. For sin, right? Hey, our testimony is important. Our reputation is important. How we live is important, all right? Uh, they ought to know us. So, uh, we ought to act right. We ought to be kind and be bold for the Lord. You know, really, I don't have to. When I say act right, we know what sin is, right? You, if you're saved, the Holy Spirit says that's wrong. And if there's a question, I got a verse to cover: abstain from all appearance of evil. <laughs> If I have a question, I just don't do it. It's, it's just that simple. Hey, we give him our reputation. We give him our testimony. Our, the uh, fourth number four, we can give him our uh, our closet. You say, what are you talking about? Matthew six six. But thou, when thou prayest, enter to thy closet. When thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. You know a gift that you ought to give the Lord in twenty twenty two. We call it God night time. We call it devotions. We call it our Bible reading time. Every Christian, every day, ought to have a time in their life where they get along with the Lord. Amen. The Bible refers to it as your closets. Just a secret time between you and the Lord. If you're having relationship problems, now don't miss this. If you're having relationship problems, it could be, Christian, that your relationship with the Lord is not where it needs to be. Amen. Because if you get this relationship right, it's an amazing thing what happened with these relationships. Oh, yeah. yep. It's amazing. 
I, I want my wife to love God more than she loves me. I want my kids to love God more than they love me. I want them to have that. You know, as, as God came down in the, in the garden and walked with Adam in the cool of the day, that was a good thing. The Lord enjoyed that. I wonder if the Lord enjoys your walk with him. I wonder, I wonder if you meet with him in the morning and you, have, you open your Bible and you read and you hear from him. Maybe you get out your prayer list and you start praying. Maybe there's a time in there where you, you read some of the Psalms and you start thanking the Lord. And then maybe you say, well, I can't sing. That's why, that's why you're in your closet. You just sing to the Lord. I'm talking about vocally sing. So I, would, I feel kind of foolish doing that. Well, that's just worshiping him. Yeah. And I wonder if you just go through all of that and then you, and then you get up, you're going to work or you go, and you're ready to go and you're going out about your daily I wonder if the Lord walks away from that and he goes that was good I, I, can't, I can't wait to meet with old Lance Godwin in the morning that was so good I, I can't wait to get back there I wonder, if God, I wonder if God thinks that's a sweet time I wonder if God enjoys that or if it was so rushed, as many times as I've done, just so rushed, you jump up, you leave, and the Lord's like, man, I had so much more to say. I had so, much, I had so many more prayers to answer for you. I had so much more grace to give and so much more peace to give. You left too early. You left too early. Just take some time in the new year. I know life is busy. I understand. Man, we have so many... Maybe there's some things that we need to put away so that we can spend more time with the Lord. Amen. You remember Jonah? Amen. Jonah got on that, that boat. He's going the wrong way. <laughs> He's supposed to go to Nineveh. He's going to Tarshish. He's going the wrong way. Man, there's a, God sends a great, great storm. And those mariners are afraid. And you know what they, the Bible says? They start throwing out the dry goods. Lighten the load. Then they threw out this and they threw out that. Jonah said, well, the problem is you're throwing out the wrong thing. You're supposed to throw out me. Amen. And they threw out Jonah and the, and the ship just calmed down because the storm calmed down. You know what I think a lot of Christians are doing? Life is upside down. There's problems. There's this. And you know what they're throwing out? God, church, Bible, prayer. They're throwing out the wrong things. Maybe we ought to throw out how about this? You know the Bible talks about the weights that's thus so easily beset us. He didn't say sin. He said weights. Maybe there's a hobby I need to throw out. Nothing wrong with it at all. It's not a sin. But you know what? I don't have enough time to spend with the Lord. So I get rid of something that's temporal. Not American Christians, though. Oh, no, 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 no. We can't do that. Hey, listen, I'm telling you, you, you'll stand before God and you say, man, I'm thankful. You know what? I believe I could have done this hobby and just been fine with the Lord and he'd be well pleased. But you know what? It took away from my time with him. I'm thankful I got rid of that and I spent time with the Lord. Hey, give God our closet time. Guard that. Pastor was uh, uh, visiting with another pastor one time, and, and uh, he had traveled some miles to come in and meet with him. And, and uh, 
he was meeting with another pastor. They were sitting in his office, and then uh, his the secretary came and knocked on the door, and she told the pastor that was there uh, that that was his office. She said, "Pastor, uh, she said your I think she said like your your uh, two o'clock appointment is here." And and uh, so the pastor that was busy said, "Oh, I'm sorry, he got up and he left." And he was walking out. He said, "I didn't see anybody." He said, "There's nobody here." He started getting a little aggravated. He said, that, she just did that to get rid of me. And so she went back and, and he went back and he said, ma'am, I didn't see anybody go in there for a two o'clock appointment. And she kind of smiled. She goes, well, no, you didn't see anybody. He said, he just got rid of me, didn't he? She said, no, it's not like that at all. She says, see, every day at two o'clock, he has an extra prayer time with the Lord. And he told me to help him guard that. And he said, so if I ever have somebody here, you just come and say, hey, your 2 o'clock appointment is here. And she, he said, I know that means it's time to visit with the Lord. You've got to put that above everything. Your visit with the Lord. Your visit with the Lord. Schedule that time. Don't let anybody, anybody or anything come in between it. Give him uh, our uh, closet. Give him uh, our closet. I know I'm, I've got to hurry here. about to run out of time. Uh, there, here, here it is. Number five, First Samuel 1, 27-28. For this child I prayed, the Lord hath given me my petition, which I asked of him. Therefore also I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord. He uh, worship the Lord there. Uh, I want to say this. How about the kids? Well, I tell you what, we got a generation coming up that doesn't know the Lord. It's a sad thing. When lost people have put more into our Christian kids than we have. That's a sad thing. Give them to kids. These kids belong to him. Hey, you know why God richly blessed Abraham? Listen, and said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing, and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son. My kids belong to God. He loans them to me. Alright? And, and I manage them for him. Alright? By his word. But they belong to him. Well, we ought to lead them to, to salvation in Christ. So I, I, I just never led anybody to Christ. How about your kids? Yeah. How about your kids? Yeah, I mean, you can't tell me, you can't tell me you're intimidated because you whooped a fire at them before. <laughs> you're not intimidated by your kids. Come on. Lead your kids to Christ. Yeah. Lead them. My dad led me to the Lord. Amen. What a privilege. Amen. I had the privilege of leading three of my kids to the Lord. My oldest one, I was mad about. I was, I was mad. Because he'd gotten old enough and he started kind of asking questions and we were working with him and working with him and working with him. And a Sunday school teacher got him. Now, I'm not upset he got saved. <laughs> I praise the Lord. I still take credit for it. Amen. But she was just there and gave the message in the, in the Sunday school room. And he's like, wait a minute. It clicked. I'm glad he didn't put it off. Well, I was a little down about that, you know. Hey, lead them to the Christ. As soon as my grandkids get old enough, I'm going to be telling them about Jesus. While I'm on the subject, there's a whole bunch of kids that walk around here. Nobody tells them anything about the Lord. And most people get saved between the ages of 4 and 14. They say, well, I might get in trouble. You might, but you've already told them. 
I'm okay to get, leave my kids alone. Okay, I will now. I've already told them about Jesus. <laughs> At least they heard the gospel. They might even get saved. And it, and it made, hey, uh, we had a Bible clubs here uh, a couple years ago, and a little boy got saved, and uh, they brought him a Bible. And man, his mama showed up the next day. It was in a, it was in a school, like a summer school. And the mama showed up the next day, and boy, she was mad. She was Muslim. She can get mad all she wants to. Too late. He done got saved. You know, you can't take that away from him. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Got yelled out, screamed out. It's okay. He got saved. What I'm saying is give them to the Lord. Hey, lead them in service for Him. Lead them in service. They, that will serve the Lord. They, they can do something in the church. They can serve. That, you know, lead them by example. All right. Uh, very, very quickly, here's the last one. We'll go with this. First Peter 5, 7, casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. You know what you can give Him? Give Him your cares. I'm glad it was a God in heaven that cares for me. Amen. Give Him your cares. Don't carry that burden into 2022. Don't carry all that into 22. Give it to Him. A uh, 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 casting. That's a once and for one time only. Cast it and leave it. He says, for He careth. That verb is in the tense of ongoing. He's always caring. He's always caring. Hey, there's no need to carry those things into 2022. Hey, that's hard to do. That's easy preaching. That's hard to do. You know what I want to do? Now, Lord, I gave it to you, and then I'm going, are you sure you got this, God? I mean, because I can help you. You sure? I'd like to take that burden back. Maybe y'all do that. I do that. No, God can handle that burden. God can take, God can work things behind the scenes like you've never seen. You try to figure out God's, now how's he going to take care of this? How's he going to do this? And he'll fix it a way I never thought about. Hey, take our cares to him. Tell them to Him. Trust Him to take care of them. And in the end, you'll stand and thank Him for Him. Thank Him for taking care. And what a testimony uh, that is. What a testimony uh, that is. Hey, listen, what I'm saying is there's some things. I know the last one there is our choices. I tell you what, I want to go into 2022 and I want to serve the Lord. Amen. And I, I believe Jesus is coming back soon. I truly believe that. I drove, I think it was Wednesday. I drove my 96-year-old grandfather from Jackson, Alabama, back up to Tuscaloosa to his home. So we had a conversation. I'm trying to get some advice from a 96-year-old. I'm sure he's got something to tell me, right? And he said, I don't know if I can prove this or not. He said, I have nothing to base it on. He said, but as I pray, I just feel like I'm not going to die. I'm like, tell me more. I want to know this health thing you're on. <laughs> he said, I feel like I'm going to go in the rapture. Now, he's 96. He don't have much time left on this old earth. I don't think I'm going to make it to 96. He thinks Jesus is going to come back. I think time is short. Amen. I think the Lord's going to come back real soon. Yeah. Yes, sir. I'm hoping maybe he'll come back before the power bills do. <laughs> <laughs> I'd really not like to have to pay all that insurance I got. <laughs> I'd like to cheat them for one time. <laughs> Wouldn't that be good? Wouldn't it be good if they, if they said, ah, you're going to get in trouble, you're going to pay that insurance. You get it. I'm not getting in trouble, I'm going to heaven. Be good. Hey, listen, what I'm saying is, this is the day to serve the Lord. Yeah. This is the day. We're going to do anything for Him, Mr. Right right now. It's right now, time is short. Heads about eyes are closed. We have a verse of invitation on the piano.
altars open if you need to come. You come. Lord, thank you for your blessings. Thank you for what you've done for us. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to go into the new year just ready to serve you. Just giving you a few things here that we've talked about this morning. Maybe some areas that we need to grow in. I pray you'd help us in a, good, in a great, mighty way. We ask these things in Jesus' name.